Hi everyone, welcome to Potluck Food Talks. Today we have for the first time Sander with us. Hello, hello. Sander is a producer of the show and also partly guilty of creating this concept and this space to talk about food. Alexander, how are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> I'm happy to finally be on the show and not only behind it. <laughs> Sander has a background as a filmmaker and he works on food commercials. And that's the reason we have them today. We're going to talk about food movies, food film, great movies with great food scenes. So what what are your thoughts on that? Um, what are my thoughts on movies about food? No, I mean, like, I think food is a lot about story. No? I mean, every dish, everything in life has to do with like, I don't know, like a mom cooking a soup for their sick child or like a guy making some dessert, you know, for the for the lady he's trying to impress. And I think, um, I mean, amazing food movies, they have amazing food photography, but I mean, especially, you know, putting it into like some context, I, I think there's some very memorable movies about, about food for sure. Well, also to mention Sander and I, we've been friends like for 30 years already, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always say that our parents knew each other before we were even born. So yeah, we hung out a lot. We lived together and while Xander was still studying uh, to become a filmmaker, we were living together and we were working on a movie script about cooks. Uh, so we were brainstorming a lot what would be interesting to do. And at that time, we watched a lot of culinary movies. I also remember that we wrote a few scenes that we completely discarded them after Ratatouille came out because it had two specific scenes, exactly the concept and the way we had thought of it. Do you want to talk about it? First, it's, I guess it's important or, or interesting to say you had just started your adventure as a cook. I had just started an adventure studying film. This was 2007. So I think we had already, you know, lived outside a our homes for two years and you were completely excited and you had all these crazy stories and I was studying film and I was excited about doing something. So I wanted to, you know, tell stories about those things you were telling me. And I guess all these outrageous things that, you know, you were telling me that were super interesting, you know, how, how these fine dining kitchens work and how crazy the characters inside it are. And I mean, we're always film buffs. I think we always watch all the Scorsese movies, like, I don't know, casino and stuff. And, and we wanted to take these movie genres that we know and love and just take it into the cooking world. And for sure, we started like writing some scenes. And yeah, this was 2007. I think the same year Ratatouille came out. And when we went to the cinema, there were at least two scenes that, you know, they, they nailed exactly some scenes that we were writing. And it was kind of like, no. <laughs> but I guess, I mean, it's probably common sense because these are very common space feelings. One was, I would say that's the most iconic scene of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them, I think, with scenes or moments. So one one is when the, the this food critic eats something and he gets like an instant flashback to his childhood where his grandmother is cooking. We had the exact same concept for, for that interaction and that moment, but it's probably because we have felt the same thing Many times in our lives, when you try something that reminds you of your childhood, I guess everybody has experienced that. Yeah, for sure. And the other one was the the moment when the chef eats 
like two different flavors. And I think like something like fruit holograms appear in front of him and he mixes them like, like flavor combinations or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, obviously it being Pixar, they made it in a way that was much cooler that we would have ever imagined. So yeah, I remember him eating... I don't know, some cheeses or like some, some. I think it's cheese and grapes. Right. Cheese and grapes. But like first he has like the cheese and then it's like he has the nutty flavors and blind. He describes it and it's like, you know, in the, in the air around him, like all these colors. And, um, then he eats the other flavor and then it becomes like this um, animation of these mixture of flavors. And I, I remember us, you know, talking a lot about, you know, taking weird things that fit together. And yeah, that, that was again something where. Obviously, Pixar found a way of visually describing a mixture of flavors, which was mind-blowing for us at that time. Well, also a few things to mention about that movie. Not everybody knows that the, the culinary consultant for this movie was Thomas Keller. Thomas Keller, yeah. Yeah, and also the this chef, uh, the French chef Gusteau, is inspired in Bernard Loiseau, who was a major figure in the Nouvelle Cuisine and also... Like, especially in the 90s, he was uh, like a super famous chef in France. And yeah, he, he kind of looks like him, like like the, the face and everything. Yeah, Jacques Cousteau. No, not Jacques Cousteau. Cousteau. Something Cousteau. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think another super cool and super iconic food scene is garlic slicing in prison and Goodfellas. Oh, yeah, for sure. That is a classic. Yeah, I think uh, Anthony Bourdain would reference that scene a lot, like in a lot of his writing and, and food shows and everything. Everyone uses it as reference. Uh, I think people know exactly how to slice garlic because of that scene. Yeah, and, and also in this line of American-Italian movies, there is this movie that I, I also watched while we were writing movie scenes. I didn't, I didn't watch it, but, but I definitely have to put it on my watch list. It's called Big Night by Stanley Tucci. The, the movie is not especially a great movie. Also, the, 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 well, the food scene is really nice. And the, they cook like a, a secret home recipe called timpano, which is an Italian-American dish. And it's a large baked pasta drum filled with layers of pasta, meatballs, sausages, eggs, cheese, tomato sauce, like, kind of like a lasagna, but all like in a drum-shaped thing. So that, that was also pretty cool. It sounds deliciously nasty. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say we, if we talk about serious movies, like high cinema and a movie that portrays feelings of the culinary craft and all these kind of things, I would say uh, Babette's Fest is my favorite one. I think the movie even won a uh, Best Foreign Film Oscar. And it's a story about uh, like, in the 1900s, a French female chef that is running away from Paris. She probably did something, but I, I think in the movie it's never revealed what. So she hides in a small village in Denmark and she learns to cook from the Danish. And she also at the end has the opportunity to cook for them. And it's this kind of like culture shock. But also, I think there are a lot of values that, that uh, a, a chef looks for in, in his career that, that are very well portrayed in this movie. No, if, if you want to talk about like movies where you show every side and, and story and element of food, I think anyone should watch Tampopo. Oh, amazing movie. Yeah. yeah. I think Tampopo, the interesting thing, and, and I'm, I'm going to leave the whole like cinematography or, or, or whatever out, but I mean, this is the only movie that I know or the only piece 
of art that I know that shows every aspect of food in any moment. I mean, like the main story is like these guys want to help Tampopo to save her ramen shop and, you know, make better noodles, make better broth. So they call it a Western. A, ra- a ramen a ra- Western. A ramen Western. A ramen you- Western instead of a spaghetti Western. Exactly. So, you know, you have the Lone Ranger who comes into town and he helps the town or saves the day by helping Tampopo, you know, make a really good ramen and you know, save her ramen shop. But then you have all these slices, all these little scenes in between that has nothing to do with the main story. It's like from the beginning that you start with, like you're in the cinema and the people are about to watch the movie we're going to watch and how, you know, even in cinema, you know, snacks and food is part of, of the watching experience. But then they're already telling you, eat quiet because I'm going to watch the movie. And then there's this amazing scene. I think that's, that's one of my favorite ones um, in the movie where this old lady goes into a supermarket and she has a fetish with squeezing things. So she squeezes the the ripe peaches or like the soft cheeses. And, you know, she's obviously destroying the food because she's like squeezing it in her hands. And then the guy who works at the supermarket starts chasing her because he obviously doesn't want her to keep squeezing these things. And it's a thing that you can relate with so much that like, yeah, obviously food is about texture and softness and you just want to put it in your mouth or in your hands. Um, also, the cultural thing about food, eh? there's this one scene where there's this mother of a family and she's dying and you know the father and the kids are around her and the doctor is there and i think that dad the father he's all um, he doesn't know what to do so he just tells her to make make dinner and then the woman like she stands up and she makes rice and makes a dinner for the family and then the family eats well she's just there watching them and once the family has eaten <laughs> she drops dead you know, that the function of the mother in this society is making food. So she has to sort of like cook before she drops the head in a way. Or you have a, uh, there's a scene about this group of uh, Japanese ladies who are learning how to properly eat pasta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, which is like a protocol class, right? There is this super westernized uh, Japanese guy explaining them how to behave properly and this kind of thing. Exactly. And how you you should never make a sound while you're eating. And then right next to them, there's this, you know, fat old white guy who's slurping away like, (laughs) and then like all these ladies, you know, stop paying attention to this etiquette master and just start enjoying the food and slurping and just like not giving a fuck about the etiquette. Yeah, because slurping is part of ramen culture. You have to slurp if you're in ramen. Yeah, I mean, this movie is, if you want to dig into what food is and what food can be and how food affects culture and... Absolutely. I think it's a great example of good old classic naive and cartoony Japanese humor. But at the same time... All the food scenes are very well thought okay. and are very well representative of, of Japanese food. So if you look about what they're doing, uh, I, I remember at the beginning, there's this lady with, is it Tampopo? I'm not sure, that has the sukemonos, like uh, Japanese pickles in a rice brand, uh, which is like a, a specific elaboration. Then you see, it's funny because it's like this Western where we're, with this tough Lone Rangers that walk into a bar and it's like a tough bar, but it's a ramen bar and they're looking the way they cook and the mistakes they do if the water is not boiling properly or if the stock is not uh, at point. And then they start making like this benchmarking of the different ramen bars in the city to see which one is the best. And it becomes like a, like a heist film, you know, like Ocean's Eleven of ramen. Like the team gets together and every 
person in the group is like a specialist in something else. So one knows about the broth, one knows about the pasta. And so they also go and steal secret recipes from other restaurants. From the competitors, exactly. They, they, they walk into the competitors to see how they do it, which is also like a common place for a chef that wants to open a restaurant, something many of us have done many times. Yet to end, I would say another super nice food movie, because there are a lot of movies that are famous and many of them, like I, I've watched many of these movies that uh, try to portray the path of a chef and and they're very fake, you know? You see these chefs like completely clean and they don't know how to properly hold a knife and the dynamics you see in the kitchen are not realistic. So that, that's quite, quite of annoying. But another two good examples I wanted to mention, one was a Taiwanese movie called Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. It's from the 90s. And the intro of this movie, I think it's the best cooking scene ever portrayed in cinema. Yeah, it's so simple. It's just a man making dumplings. Yeah, nah, but if you see the skills of this man, like chopping vegetables and doing different things, and it's so pleasurable, and the sounds you feel uh, in the scene, it feels like like anyone who has worked in, in prep cooking will will get that feeling of prep cooking, you know, where the kitchen is quiet and the only thing you hear is like the cooking sounds and there is not the stress of service where everything has to be quick and everybody's screaming and that moment is very, very well portrayed. I think also something that you said uh, about like movies we hate about food is, and, and I guess you can say, okay, there's movies about food where it's more like home cooking, like a very skilled person is cooking at home and they're making really nice dishes. And the other thing you could call like restaurant movies, and what I hate, and I mean, unfortunately, Ratatouille kind of goes into that direction as well, is the whole, the critic is the most important villain uh, of the thing. Like, like it almost seems like these characters are only motivated by, you know, getting the Michelin stars or, or whatever. Which is realistic. You will see the, you will see this kind of attitude in Michelin star restaurant. Because, I mean, I remember that when we were writing our cute little food film, you had this character that said like, hey, as cooks, um, or this particular character said like, hey, I, I come from nothing. I'm very uneducated. The only thing I know how to do is cooking. So I really want to, you know, if I want to be someone in this world, I really want to, you know, elevate my cooking skills and, and take it to the highest form possible. But I don't give a fuck about stars and about, you know, awards. You, you see everything. But I mean, like, like the character of the chef obsessed with stars is not like something made up. Something uh, no, of course, of course. But that's why I think one of the, and you haven't watched it and I, I tried to convince you to watch it because I think in a, in a way, the essence of this new show catches a little bit what we were trying to go for 15 years ago, which is the show, The Bear. Okay, let, let's make a deal. I'll watch The Bear and, well, and we should both watch this Hannibal Lecter series that oh, was yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The the main consultant for this series was Jose Andres. Oh, he, okay. Wow. Yeah, he was the advisor of how to cook humans for this series. And he would do like That's amazing. Yeah, like because you know the character Hannibal Lecter, he's this super bon vivant gourmet guy who knows a lot of about food. So he would do like this super obscure, ancient, uh, sophisticated French dishes with his victims, advised by Jose Andres. I mean, like, I, it must be so crazy that, you know, you get a phone call from a production company and they tell you, like, listen up, you have uh, a couple of weeks to think about 
you know, what would be the best way of cooking humans or like what organs would you use to make like really tasty human dishes? Yeah, sounds like a fun project to do. That's it for this week's episode of Potluck Food Talks. If you like what we're doing, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok as Potluck Food Talks. The show airs every Monday.